that you mention it. Yeah. Welcome to the Now That You Mention It podcast. Um, this is potential episode number... Who knows? <laughs> this might come out... Th- I'm going to say this is probably going to come out third. I'm going to say this will be the third one. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have an opening... Oh, wait. So, today we are talking about what a classic album is. Right. What makes a classic is our central question, is our main topic. But you have an opening segment? Um, Just a quick shout out. Go ahead. Uh, shout out to Tanache. Stop. Yeah, she's fire. I want a shout out to Tanache. Well, too late. Fuck. <laughs> What's up, Tanache? Have you You're listened fire. to a Tanache song? Start to begin, start to end, the whole thing. Have you listened to a Tanache song? Yes. I can't. I can't tell you what the song is though. Can you tell me what it sounded like? I, I'm at the point where I don't even know what really what genre of music she makes. I could guess, but. It's poppy. It's poppy, like you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. That's the best way to describe it. I mean, she makes like a lot of like pop festival like music. Yeah, that makes know? sense. Yeah. Why is and it? Sh- I, I, the reason I the reason why I kind of dig Tanache too is because she's like, she at least does all the shit herself. You know what I'm saying? Like she's like writing, she's producing. Hmm. I don't know that at all. Yeah, like yeah. So she's pretty fire. For that, why is she not more popular, or is is it just I'm ignorant? I don't know. Um, might be ignorant <laughs> because she she's just probably. I mean, we you got to think about like who we listen to, you know. So like, we're like focused on a certain genre. Yeah, but neither sense. of us listen to Cardi B or. Area Ariana Grande, but we, but I feel like those right, are totally but they're like, but they're always like. So Cardi B is a fucking rapper, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever that's worth. Yeah. So obviously we're gonna know about Cardi B. Ariana Grande is either on a song with a rapper or fucking with a rapper, so we're gonna you know know what's going on with her, right? In that sense. So, so. who's a contemporary of Tanache or who's a? It would probably be like an Ariana Grande. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But yeah, she is. She's she's massively dumb. fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's massively fire. I have an opening segment that maybe we don't have to get to. I want to just intro the opening segment, which is mm-hmm. white dudes who have some kind of identity wrapped up in hip-hop who go up on the breakfast club who then have to like in some od corny way prove how down they are by like talking about how much tupac they used to listen to when they were seven is this your jonah hill rant this is jonah hill is is a classic example of this but it, it it's <laughs> this, no, it, these cases yeah, are yeah, wide yeah, ranging yeah, yeah. and they invariably if you if you 
click on Breakfast Club YouTube page or Sway or anyone and it's some white cat up there for whatever reason to promo whatever invariably the fir- within the first 10 minutes if they, if they don't talk about how much Biggie they grew up on psh, that's true it's cringe <laughs> it's cringe worthy that's true yeah but that but we that I think that might be an episode or a full-fledged opening segment about yeah, just like be. white people just being extra and then it making my skin crawl because like can't you just be normal no no, my mom. When I was when I was pregnant, my mom put fucking right, right. Well, when his mom was pregnant, yeah. Is that what, what I said? <laughs> I, I, the first thing I heard was "Ready to Die." Like, shut up. Yeah, it's, we get it's, it. It's you can just like hip hop. You don't have to OD. Like, right. You have to I fucking mean, there's, prove there's, yourself. Yeah, I was just about to say, there's like an overcompensation of like trying to sound like you know what you're talking about, trying to be sort of in the group, in the crew. So to speak, it's, it's just like the most like it's just Hillary with the with the hot, with the hot sauce. sauce, but just but in, like in we the hot like sauce but, so out of context. <laughs> no, I went back and watched that just to actually examine how insane that was. Bro, that was the worst. Oh shit. my god, that, skin crawling, yeah. skin crawling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. awful, awful. Yeah. And then yeah. Hillary Clinton's an awful person. All right. How do we want? How do we want to dive into classics? Well, I mean, we have a central question: What makes a classic album? You know, I want the answer to be uh, a classic album has to do with the the merits of the music itself. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's a masterfully produced album with. Mm-hmm qualities that you know with outstanding x y and z however you want to quantify it or classify it that makes it classic but i think the unfortunate or not maybe not unfortunate but the conclusion i came to is that a classic is what people say is a classic a classic is what gets canonized as a classic Mm -hmm. what do you think um i agree i think i think the larger question is sort of who determines what a classic is, right? So, like, is it the fans? Like, or is it, you know, is it the media? Like, who determines what a classic is? Like, what's what's the criteria for a classic? Like, can you just hear something and know, like, oh, this is a classic? Or is it something that you have to, like, really sort of judge against a, a rubric or something, right? <clears throat> So I know like one of the articles we read for this episode talked about like the criteria for a classic album. Was that the Kendrick Lamar Drake and the definition of a classic album? Yeah, 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 where it was talking about like coherence, impact, and replayability. Yep. Um and I guess that, that could that could be uh grounds for a classic or at least the most basic sort of criteria for a classic. Um but I don't know. I think that I think that it's definitely more than that to me. Um, there's like elements of like craftsmanship and experimentation that have to like go into play for me. Um, okay, well maybe we should just start by reading a definition of classic um, from the dictionary. And so definition of classic reads as follows: serving as a standard of excellence, of recognized value, a classic literary work. 
or traditional, like enduring classic designs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or historically memorable, like a classic battle. Right. So it's kind of interesting because depending on which definition or both, both definitions are like contained within the word, but you either have a definition that appeals more to the the quality of the work itself, and then you have a definition that appeals more to how history remembers a certain moment. Right, right. Um, mm. So, I don't know. With, uh, with albums, it's hard, because I think like now that the internet is a thing like mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm not articulate enough to now that the internet is fucking <laughs> the internet like it's just regular like everyone like you can like i'm just thinking about like how siloed you can be in terms of like every artist has like a little community t- that goes with it and like mm-hmm. s- you can sort of pick and choose so much what you want to listen to, what you identify with, and what you ultimately consider a classic. Whereas back, I think it was just like a more democratized landscape, or if that makes sense, back before the internet where an album came out and everyone listened to that shit. Well, I, yeah, I, I think I think that you might have the terms mixed up, though. Is I think that it might be more democratic in terms of people having the ability to put out their own music and shit like that and create their own sort of followings around that. Whereas back in the day you had more gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. And so and I think that that based on that you had a lot of again, it goes back to my thing about craftsmanship. Like you had a, a more focus you you were more focused on sort of crafting something that would stand the test of time under you know a, a label or whatever um versus now people are just putting out shit and so that same level of like of you know craftsmanship that's that's been you know put in a lot of records you know in the past you just don't have that same like type of quality today and so i think that <clears throat> i think that a lot of it has to do with like i think a lot of it has to do now with like the impact like how did like does does a certain work sort of like shift the paradigm in a sense you know what i'm saying like does it change the sound or change the landscape in any type of way so um yeah i think that's how we could maybe judge a classic in terms of today's landscape with the internet versus um back in the day where you know like you said like it was what was out was out and it was kind of like you had to live with that or whatever and yeah and i mean i i guess i would clarify by saying that not everything was a classic just by virtue of it being out there's mm-hmm. lots of music that is not considered classic from the golden age or from like the second golden age or whatever right. like the 90s in new york and hip-hop like where cats were sharing cds and buying tapes on the street and whatever but like a lot of that music we don't talk about in the same with the same reverence that we talk about Nas and Jay's first album so like Mm -hmm. there is something to I guess having less uh, like a less crowded field Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so it's like there was just more it was more easily a consensus I guess was more easily arrived at back then where now you have people 
I mean, I, like I'm guilty of it too. Like I have my little niche rappers and artists that I like that I'm like, ah, no, this is a classic. Right. But it's like, is it really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, and I, I'm like that too, because I, I, I kind of wrote a couple down that like I know for me are like personal classics. Well, but, we're gonna get to that term. Okay. Is that is that is personal classic and oxymoron? Like, yeah. Does personal classic make sense? No. Okay. Not really. And, and it's not even really okay. We, you could say personal, or you could say cult. A cult classic. I think a cult classic is is probably maybe better, the more accurate. Yeah. Right. Description of right. what you're talking about. Okay, but list off a couple of these because we can just we can just get to this. So I know, like for one, I think a an excellent cult classic of recent memory is um, the Sun's tirade. Is that a cult classic? I think so. I feel like Sylvia Demo might be more of a cult classic than Sun's Tirade. Plus, I think Sylvia Demo is better. But we can have that. This can be a side debate. Yeah, that could be a debate. I love Sylvia Demo, but... Sylvia Demo was on some other shit. It was. I'm sorry to say for Isaiah, but... But I, I, I think the only reason why I give the nod to the Sun's Tirade is... I guess like the cohesiveness of that project was like I I really didn't feel like a lull in the project at Mm. all and so I think that that's important in in determining like what a classic you know sounds like Um, okay interesting so for yeah that's that's really interesting because when I think of cult classic in terms of it like in in the hip-hop world Sun's Tirade would not be the first that comes to mind by a long shot Mm -hmm. like I would think of something more like Earl Sweatshirt's first mixtape or Dom Kennedy's Yellow Album mixtape or and, and, okay, and so, or even like the Wiz Khalifa joint, the the Cushion OJ right, right. where it like had more. And so and and that's interesting too, and that's something that I guess we're gonna have to like also maybe tack down is like is there a difference between an album and a mixtape? I don't <laughs> now now I don't. Because then if, but, if, if we were going, if we were going to like, if we we're going to mixtapes, because that's why, that's why I said the Sun's Tirade, that's an official like studio album. Yep. Um, but yeah, if we were going to like mixtapes, then then definitely it's like, I mean, yeah, I, I guess you could say um, Yellow Album for Dom, uh, West Side Would Love Two, is super fucking fire. And I'm biased because I'm a Dom fan, but like, yeah, that would be like a cult classic. Um, yeah, the 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 album. I guess we I guess we we really don't need to distinguish between them. Well, like maybe that. that's I guess maybe when we think about it, the cult classic might be the the correlate to cult classic in the hip hop world might just be the classic mixtape. First, like the classic mm-hmm. classic might just be, be the, the classic the studio, studio album, album, right? Right, right. Okay, that's fine. Because I mean, I, I'm just thinking. I always hear cult classic thrown around in terms of talking about movies, movies. yeah, right. And mm-hmm. I feel like the cult classics are kind of like indie directors, mm-hmm. like a little underground vibe, but lower budget, lower budget, right? And so I think we do with classic mixtapes. There is like this category that that cats have when it comes. To, oh, that's a classic mixtape. So maybe right. our, our criteria. Mm-hmm are slightly different for what makes a classic mixtape where it's more maybe it's more about the moment that I was just about to say so is it like so like with the with the classic mixtape would that be more so cl- 
classic in terms of the impact of that mixtape when it when you know it's like let's say when it drops or whatever and it sort of captures that moment whereas a classic studio album is more like fine wine in a sense it's just you know as it ages because i mean a lot of people i mean you, i guess you could still i guess that's part of it is the replayability of the mixtape as well as you go right. back and fuck with it but um but the studio album is definitely like the more polished work that sort of stands the test of time right so like it's it's something that i would think that is you would i'm trying to think who has like a mixtape and a classic album so like uh section 80 right would be considered a classic mixtape mm -hmm. from kendrick right is that a mixtape though yeah i always thought it was a mixtape but then i heard someone I say that's that was kendrick's debut no, no. on on a major it was a mixtape it was a mixtape uh, yeah it, okay all right whatever forget that it's yeah. a mixtape <laughs> yeah um but and so you hear you you hear section 80 which is absolute fire mhm mm but there's like a polished element to good kid mad city that isn't in that same sort of raw just here you know we're in this moment we're creating this and we're putting it out there's like a certain sort of polished vibe with Good Kid, Mad City yeah. that I think is the distinguishing factor between like the cult classic mixtape and the classic studio album. Yeah, I think you're I think you're dead on. I'm just thinking of my brain is just rushing to like counter examples mm -hmm. for that where so, sometimes I'm taking the the mixtape as the better more cohesive piece of art and maybe not polished and then it's like what is what is polished really so the i think the polished element i think um i think nip i think nipsey talked about it rest in peace to a real one um i think he talked about it in terms of victory lap so like crenshaw i think is his best project overall right um even though i'm more sentimental toward the marathon um, just personally, but the but Crenshaw is his best. I think is his best body of work, right? Is Crenshaw the mix? Is that 2013? Is that the mixtape that has yeah, Ocean Views on it? He's like, no, is that Slauson? Yeah. No, okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, Crenshaw is the the red cover. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. So in terms of in terms of that, like. I think the Crenshaw, I think the Crenshaw mixtape is probably his best work, his best body of work overall. Mm -hmm. But you can hear like, you can hear the polished, the polishedness of, uh, if that's a word, uh, from um, Victory Lap, right? There's like, it's actually been, you know, mixed and mastered and, you know, certain, just, it's a, it's a lot of like technical shit that's involved with the studio album that you know funds just permit you to do that the mixtape disallows right yeah but i guess i'm just pushing back on the idea that those things that a bigger budget brings necessarily mean more replayability or more oh no 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 i'm not saying i'm not making the claim that that it you know that makes it sort of that makes it any better or anything like that it's just a different it's a 
it's just another step that you're allowed to take to create so like it you know as writers like if we're writing some shit and we write an essay or something and the first you know the first draft is fire you know what i'm saying it's pretty cool like people can get the point and everything like that and it could be like a legit piece yeah we put that out there and cats will fuck with it but it's something else about like okay now i have a a, a master's thesis and so now i have to edit it i have to you know make sure you know all my sources are you, it's just a different sort of process that i think is involved with like i think the the mixtape is maybe more organic in that sense whereas you are trying to create a classic i think or you should be when you're making a studio album mm, okay that makes yeah. sense i think yeah i think that's per that's perfectly perfectly said but yeah i do think there are um we have slightly different criteria when i think evaluating the the classic mixtape mm. but okay so some other questions like germane to what actually just makes something classic mm -hmm. my thing when talking about a classic album because you have classic movies which i guess are made up of constituent parts but it's really easy it's much easier to conceptualize conceptualize of a movie as just like one piece one thing whereas an album is a collection of songs mm -hmm. so what is the relationship of the parts to the whole in terms of a classic and i guess it uh like another way of saying that would be can there be songs that you don't like on a classic does each song have to be a classic song on an album not doesn't okay that no it doesn't have to be a classic song but like what is the relationship of the parts to the whole on an, on an album um it depends it depends on like what you privilege right do you privilege like storytelling and like a cohesive story right because you have albums that tell the story that are you know almost cinematic right like going back to your film example um and so if you are one who sort of privileges this this like track one through 14 you know we're telling this particular type of story it's a, you know an entire concept and each song adds to that overall concept despite whether or not you fuck with that particular song as long as you understand that song as being an important element of the entire concept of the project i think you can still be like okay that's a classic album even though i don't fuck with you know song five and nine or whatever but the rest of them i fuck with i think you can still be like oh that's a classic album yeah but i see but that i think that's because you are vibrating on a higher frequency than most cats when it comes <laughs> to evaluating this shit where it's like i hear a lot of people say a classic album can't have any yeah any yeah any songs that you want to skip whereas yours more value valuing the narrative and in terms of the overall construction of the, the piece of work and it's also you're kind of i think in 2019 I, m I might be a little generous to assume that every artist is conceiving of the album as one cohesive as a cohesive piece of work and instead of uh, a collection of of ten to twelve to f right, especially with these double album motherfuckers. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it's right. a ploy. Like I yeah. like no amount of convincing is gonna is no amount of argument is gonna convince me that fucking Drake Scorpion is like some is not just a collection of songs that Drake had in the tux and just like mm -hmm. rattled off and shit. Like come on, yeah, yeah. 
And I think that like that's the that's why not everybody puts out a classic though, right? Is because it's like mm. it's not you know everybody's not putting that same level of thought in in into like what the project eventually becomes. And so I think because people are going into it like yo, I'm trying to get a track from Mustard. I'm trying to get a track from Metro Boomin and this and that, and you just jam some shit together and you're just hoping something sticks and you're hoping it sticks yeah. yeah i mean you might have a good album you know or rather like a good playlist mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but in terms of like it being a cohesive body of work like as an album no i wouldn't i wouldn't even say that like so yeah i'm not i'm not really giving people credit more so than i'm like hardlining if it doesn't meet this sort of requirement as an album if it just if it's playing to me like a playlist, then yeah, that's pretty cool. But I can make my own fucking playlist. You know what I'm saying? Uh, in terms of just picking random songs and putting them together and like, yo, I'm vibing out to this. Um, if I'm listening to an album that I consider to be classic, it has to have like some type of some type of narrative that I'm like sitting there and I'm taking something away from. I don't think that I can really deem something a classic that doesn't do that that's that not doesn't... Co- that's not cohesive just right. to, just to like tack it down yeah okay yeah. so so far we've got cohesiveness is is a requirement, is a requirement sure. um okay so do you want i think maybe it would be best to get into other requirements of mm-hmm. classics which is the technical proficiency element what do you think that a classic must display like technical proficiency, like masterful technical proficiency in terms of the the musicianship or the whatever. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that might be like the most important part, really. Uh, versus like, I think the cohesion and shit comes later. I think if it's like fire music, you know what I'm saying? Like that that's sort of the first thing that you have to that you have to have is like dope shit. Otherwise, I mean, you can have a good story or whatever, or you know, but or you can rap really good, but the the music is trash. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess the reason I push back on this one, or not, I, I don't push back on it. Like, I'm totally like a fucking, I don't know, like antiquated motherfucker that's like, no, the art needs to be good first. But like, this argument depends on the idea that art can be evaluated objectively and so in the back of my mind this whole time as we're having this discussion i'm just like okay so what do you do with the gangs of people that are just such and such is classic drake has 12 classics blah 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 blah. it's like what do you do when just the consensus amongst people is that it's a classic when something is a classic, or not even classic, but just that something is good. What do you do? You if do. we're making this argument, which depends on the assumption that art can be evaluated objectively, but then you have, hmm, what would I do? I mean, I, I mean, I guess how do you how do you how do you square those two things? It's like, it's like if we're saying that the a classic needs a certain amount of technical technical proficiency and cohesion, but then everyone out there mm-hmm. is saying 
nah, this this is a classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, views is a classic, right, right, or right. so far gone is a classic, or whatever to use the Drake example. So, but then we evaluate it as wait, there's not really cohesion and there's not really technical proficiency. So what are you motherfuckers talking about? But like the general consensus, the overwhelming consensus is not nah, this is a classic. I'm not saying that's the case, but I'm just no. And I think yeah, I think for that, I think for a situation like that, you just use better judgment. <laughs> I think that's the answer to that. Like, yeah, it's a lot of shit that people deem classic, deem a classic rather, um, that isn't. And so you have to be able to evaluate that. Um, yeah, like Drake doesn't have a classic. No. You know? And so for people who say Drake has a classic, I think more than me reevaluating like Drake's catalog in terms of like oh well the consensus is Drake has X amount of classics or whatever maybe I should like sort of reevaluate my take on it I'm like why do you think that Drake has a classic mm. so if now again like you're gonna have to come with some type of criteria you know and so what you know if that criteria is oh you know I turn it on and you know I'm instantly you know turned up and whatever then if that's your, you know, if that's your definition, if that's your criteria, then okay, then that's what it is, and I just see where you're at. But that's not gonna like influence how I judge albums or anything like that. No. Okay. All right. I guess I'm just wary because it seems just so dependent on, like, the whole idea of what gets canonized and what mm-hmm. gets remembered in terms of culture it just seems like especially nowadays it's like but what has been like that's the thing though is like what has been deemed a classic now and i mean of course you have of course you have like people who have their like artists who have their own like sort of fan base and shit like that and so of course they're gonna think you know they drake drops whatever it's a classic right for drake fans but I think I think when we're talking about classics in terms of like just real, just straight to the point hip hop type shit, like I still think that people I, I still think that the albums that are canonized for the most part deserve it. You know what I'm saying? Because there's like it especially in this landscape, because there's a consensus. So like for a good kid in the age of streaming to be this sort of you know, undeniable classic from everyone, right? Is like that's telling of like what this album is on not only like the most basic level for like everybody to be like, oh, I fuck with it and this is the classic to like the more, you know, nuanced thinkers who are like, oh, I'm, you know, trying to pick out these different elements or whatever and, and see if it sort of, you know, meets the standards in that sense. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't I think like what you're getting at is this idea that like because the the general public sort of determines how things are canonized and because we live in this, you know, this era of whatever type of music that now like whatever is going to be canonized as a classic. And I just don't think I don't think that that's the case because I don't think a lot of cats are making music to be classic you know what i'm saying like you can't like yeah okay and i i agree with you 100 percent. i'm just trying to i'm really just pushing back against my own 
what I want to be true. And it's like, I feel like the people who think more about it are just, I guess, the the older cats really depend on this. The older cats who don't fuck with the new shit. Mm-hmm are really pushing the narrative or really hoping or relying on or whatever like this that this music that they that they criticize and critique they're always like nah this isn't they're not going to be playing this 10 years from now or like this isn't this isn't going to stand the test of time the way reasonable doubt stands the test of time because it's like popcorn it's microwave they made it in two seconds or whatever whatever but it's like well, the kids, the 17-year-old that's listening to Little Xan and Kodak Black or whatever, they might be playing it 10 years from now. So, like... Yeah, but, I mean, um, we aren't playing, like... Uh, what's the shit? Laffy Taffy and, and all the snap music and shit. And that, that came out when we were teenagers. That's true. So, I think that the music that eventually gets canonized is like legitimate in a sense. I mean, there's obviously going to be some questionable, you know, albums and shit like that. But I think for the most part, the shit that the shit that's canonized more than more times than not deserves the distinction. Do you think, and this is like, should be posed as a question to myself because do you, do you think that there's any albums that the general Population or the general consensus has gotten wrong in terms of getting uh, getting sort of canonized or cl- classified as a, as a classic. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I, I don't know any off the top of my head. I would have to like really think about it, but for sure, I'm sure it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I mean, yeah, like it might be the artist. You know what I'm saying? Their persona, or it might be a lot of just different factors around some shit. It might be a moment, you know, it might represent that. Because I think, like, another thing with, with like, classic albums and something that we have to, like, add into there somehow is, like, the nostalgic factor of it, you know? And that kind of goes in terms of, like, the aging of that album, like, how well it ages, and then that nostalgia that's associated with it. And so I think, like, a lot of albums that may lack some of the like technical proficiencies may have captured just a moment sonically that now it's like when mm. you hear that you're in a, you know you're back in that moment and everything like that it's you know it's aged well so you're willing to to say okay yeah this is a classic but it might have an asterisk by it you know what i'm saying because it doesn't meet every single standard like that so i think it's shit like that that's out there that yeah, is considered a classic. No, sorry, I was all over the place with that, with with my shit. But okay, so can a classic sound dated? Mm, I don't know, and that's a that's a good question. This be- is this is what kind of fucks me up too, because just um, being into music, it's like I have gone back and listened to the shit that you know came before, and it's like. Mm-hmm. Run DMC is hard for me to listen to, man. Yeah. Yeah. And the more, you know, I know about the the landscape out of which it came and the time period and the context, that's all good. And I can understand and appreciate uh, Run DMC's place in the lineage of hip hop. But to me and my ear, that 
sound is just difficult for me to <laughs> listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think about And so that at a what lot. point do I have to just submit to, oh no, Raising Hell is a classic versus it, it's, it was an important moment and it led to X, Y, and Z and it's a place in hip hop history, but it's not a classic. Yeah, that's a tough one. I guess I'm. I guess this whole time what I'm driving at is how much does a person, an individual's personal taste, factor into classic? Like the the, the push and pull between this Something is how it's like. remembered and <laughs> the forces of history yeah. and like this is how it's going to be written about and remembered versus yeah, you know, whether or not I actually fuck with it. Yeah, and I think I think you reserve that right because I think like you look at like fine art and shit. Or, like, there's a lot of classic books that are kind of trash, you mm-hmm. know? And so, um, I think in those in those instances, it might be more so, like, understanding the, the context, understanding, you know, everything sort of around it um, in order for you to really appreciate it. Um, but I don't know if you would, I don't, I don't know if you have to necessarily like something or personally feel like okay this is you know this shit is a classic all the you know because i don't think everything is i don't think all music is timeless obviously you yeah. know so um the distinction that you know that timeless distinction that you know like a reasonable doubt gets or you know uh, illmatic or something like that is rare you know that's like super rare so for for Run DMC, I think you can say like, yeah, like that's a classic, you know, in the sense of, and then that's like where we have to go in terms of like the definitions of classic in terms of like, here's something that you sort of understand for its, you know, technical proficiency, it's, you know, sonic appeal, blah, 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 or whatever, versus like the more historical, mm. you know, contextual yeah. approach to it. Um so yeah, I think you can. I think you can say that like yeah, that's a classic. But I personally don't, you know, fuck with it. Like, I, Thriller is a classic, right? I personally like Off the Wall better. You know, I think Off the Wall is a classic too. Though. It's a classic, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. just saying, I, I personally, like, you won't see me. You won't like go through my phone and see like the last Michael Jackson song I played was off a of Thriller. Yeah, yeah. More than likely, it'll be Off the Wall. You know especially the title track off the wall is super fire Mm -hmm. but um so like yeah but i can still recognize obviously that thriller is this groundbreaking album you know everything like that and so yeah it it deserves that that classic distinction Mm. yeah just the can an album sound dated question kind of fucks me up too because it's like the run dmc and even like like fat boys and some public enemy it's just hard for me mm-hmm. just the, the way that the, the way that back then like the the time like the right, rhythm, right, right, the rhythm right. of that era like was just really blocky and stacked on top of each other and it was just like really mechanical mm-hmm. like i mean even think about like how um well that's how like that's how pe like produced you know what i'm saying like the bomb squad like deliberately it's like we're making this shit chaotic as fuck, yeah. you know. And so, um, yeah, I think like you have to like, I think you can. I think something can be dated. I, I definitely okay. think something can be dated, and you being able to understand 
why it's considered a classic. You know what I'm saying? Like, versus, okay, it has to, you know, I, I have to just fuck with it in order for it to be a classic. Like, I, you know, on a personal level, before I can then, you know, sort of appeal to the consensus thinking on it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you can, I think, you know, you can definitely just be like, oh, I don't really fuck with that, but I appreciate it and know what it is. Yeah, it's just crazy because I, I then get into, like, my jazz shit where I listen to the music of Thelonious Monk or John Coltrane or Joe Henderson or whoever from the 60s and 50s, and it's like, that shit hits me. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like a weird, this is more getting into, some, I think, something else, which is just like, um, I guess a more technical discussion of music and like mm-hmm. how, how time feel has evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that just, it just fucks me up because yeah, I, I go and listen to A Love Supreme, to name the big one, which is mm-hmm. from 1965, and it's like, pff, that shit hits. But okay, so is All Eyes on Me a classic? Yeah, yeah, it's a classic. Why? I think going back to like, well, it has it has like some you know some of Pac's like seminal tracks on it. Okay, um, and then also the. I think All Eyes on Me was the best sort of um, snapshot of that death row era, right? Yeah. Uh, And so I think, like, in terms of, like, appreciating it for that as, like, this, you know, again, like, going back to that nostalgia of, like, this puts you in a particular type of space, right? I think for, for All Eyes on Me, like, it, what it lacks in cohesion, I think it makes up for in like impact. So okay, so that's what I was getting at. This is this note I have under the, my heading of cultural impact definition of classic. Mm-hmm. So this is another one that kind of it doesn't it, it doesn't necessarily strike me as a lot. It doesn't necessarily logically follow in my head where if if an album changes shifts the paradigm a little or changes the trajectory of of hip-hop sound mm-hmm. then it's a classic mm-hmm. like does that what? how how much does that weigh in terms of calling an album a classic or not um i think that comes after i think that comes after you know the the more important shit which is the musicality and in you know the cohesion associated with the project um but yeah like the impact i think is after that i think the impact comes after that so like it's a tertiary you know stand because like did does good kid good kid mad city like what impact has that had other than it just being a, a dope album what's the impact of an of an album like good kid mad city as opposed to i guess a more paradigm shifting album like 808s and heartbreak or like mm-hmm. a kid cuddy or mm-hmm. yeah um right so like i have in my notes like about like the cohesion impact the replayability i, I asked like 
does a classic, you know, does a classic like need to incorporate each of those elements equally, or is it just you know sort of how how it all shapes out? Yeah. And so like for me, for like a good kid, I even have it down here. Like even for like good kid, I think it shifted. It shifted. It's a, it shifted the attention back to the West Coast in a in a yep. way. Yeah, you're um, right. And and so what what followed after that? Like you got the YGs and you know you got the Nips and everything like that that sort of come out with um, with projects after that that are accepted in a different way in mm-hmm. the the stories that are associated with it. Because I think like you look back to like West Coast shit. Like before that, you had Game, who was running shit on the West, and his albums. I think, in terms of like saying if something's a classic, that may not have like this sort of narrative, this uh, explicit narrative tied to it, but it's just a bunch of dope ass songs. <laughs> Documentary. Get, yeah. Yeah. Like shit like that. So you had you had that. You go back to Snoop and then like the in, a lot of it was like we're creating music through this particular sound and we may incorporate like what's going on and shit you know in LA or wherever but I think with Good Kid Mad City it was like here's this concept of you know in this particular place at this particular time and that music takes you there and I think in that sense it not only like it's impact not only like what it had on uh what it did for just that album but then like i said it shifted the attention back to the west coast to where now you had cats who were like now we're not just making songs we're like telling stories yg's first album was a story like Mm -hmm. nips projects are are normally like you know mailbox money was kind of shaky but like crenshaw told a story you know what i'm saying the marathon told a story like so it's I think so that's, that's more cultural different. impact yeah. than it is like uh shifting like the, the sound. sound. Yeah, okay. yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't I think I think Good Kid I think Good Kid like sort of picked up the mantle of like the West Coast sound with you know, with that versus like to Pimple Butterfly attempted to change the sh- to change the sound. Um with that like going back to like the the seventies funk era and shit like that with with a lot of that music. And so, um yeah, I, I definitely think Good Kid was just like a culture shifter. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe what I'm coming to is that a classic album is one that just makes the listener play by its rules. Mm, so mm-hmm. so you have an album like um, Liquid Swords, Jizza, mm-hmm. where the the lyrical proficiency is i don't know out of that might be like the platonic right. ideal form of like right lyricism right i don't know how how much more lyrical you can get than that mm-hmm. um and so it's a classic for that reason but uh i'm trying to think of something on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of its all cultural impact and it's a classic for that for for that reason, and then you have the the in betweens where it was a where it was a big cultural moment, and it was it displayed a lot of technical 
technical proficiency was was cohesive mm-hmm. but it's so like you can kind of arrive at it's a classic for a bunch of different reasons so long as the work itself sort of plays by those rules mm, right okay. like mm-hmm. if there are no you know like it like like art and like storytelling and stuff like that you're like kind of writing the rules as you go along right and mm-hmm. creating shit so as long as the, the the work doesn't violate its own rules like 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 uh liquid swords wouldn't be a classic if the first five songs were liquid swords and then you know it turned into fucking kid and play right like <laughs> you know like right, right. it wouldn't be a classic but so it doesn't really violate its own expectations right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that, yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's kind of what I'm... Where yeah. I'm at now. So, I think, like... Damn. Like, because I... So, I don't know if... I, I wouldn't say culturally. I wouldn't say this This is this probably doesn't answer your question culturally. But sonically, um, 808s, right? Like, 808s is like this sort of just paradigm shifter. Like, you know in its truest form basically like it literally ushered in an entire you know subgenre of hip-hop um and so i think like off the strength of what you hear the catch you hear you know the melodies the the you know throwback 80s and you know influence and everything like that is clear sign that 808s is a classic um culturally though i'm still having a difficult time thinking of like something that was just like super like cultural impact that kind of didn't measure up otherwise i don't know hmm. I, can't. I don't know i know that i feel like uh my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is like the perfect middle ground where it's like oh the yeah production yeah. is sick no that's it's, that's it's a masterpiece yeah. But it also had that cultural. Yeah, that's that's experimentation in in uh, that's experimentation in in execution yep. meets execution like for real like yeah. in in a way that I don't think I don't think an album has done since. You hell know, no. like hell no. Yeah, he was on some other shit with that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Damn. I mean, can something like just be sort of culturally significant in that sense and not and sort of lack the 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 sonic? How can we not think of shit that's like that's been huge, but then it it and it might still be a classic, but it just doesn't have that. But that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. Like, are we not able to think of something like that because it's not considered a classic? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Can't go to J. Nah. Nah. <laughs> yeah, that that one is that one's tough. That one's tough. Because it would have to be like some some sort of it would have to be some sort of like musical element that's What about like what about um What about the chronic? What about something like that where it's not OD 
displays of technicality. Well, then... But it just culturally it was insane. But, but the technicality wasn't Dre. It's, lyrically, the technicality was Dre through his production. Mm-hmm. And so I think like for the chronic, like the chronic has like a, a interesting spot like in hip hop history because it's like this sort of apex of that West Coast sound in terms of like it capturing LA in the in the early nineties. Yet that was like the shift to the mainstream, you know, with with the chronic so i know like it definitely had like it's definitely on that cultural spectrum but i think what dre you know because dre's not a rapper yeah and so i think for like i think what you go to the chronic for to really like get into it is the production and like where that places you and so that would that would just be my pushback on on that one is i think like his technicality is coming through just a different you know, a different medium. What about DMX? Ooh. Huh. He had a style. Uh-huh. And the that or the like the like the Rough Riders wave or like the Diplomats wave. My like my New York bias is coming out, but it's like super good rappers, but they're not ODing and super good production, but it's not it was just that was just the way fucking fucking the heat makers bro that early dip set shit me and my boy were just talking about it like that the come home with me uh the diplomatic, diplomatic immunity, immunity the fucking first one from me to you jewels like man like that's some yeah I okay, so, all right, so okay, so so let's 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 go DMX. Okay. DMX's let's say first two albums. <sighs> he was bringing like a, a, a like a raw like a rawness. Mm-hmm. I guess it wasn't it wasn't like he's bringing it back because that was ninety eight. So it's like it's mm-hmm. not like it's that far like in the memory that you know Mob Deep was coming, but. But I, I guess it's like what what's what's the standout element that made DMX and the whole Rough Riders wave just so crazy? Mm. I mean, I I think like I think what Swiss was able to do sonically was to sort of match like <clears throat> he created a sound around the idea of what like the Rough Riders were. So like you had like that gritty. We, you know what I'm saying? Like we out here on these fucking bikes. We, and that's know, why I'm saying it's more of the, the cultural. It's the cultural bomb. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can. Yeah, I can see that. I can kind of see that for sure. And I mean, yeah, because I don't. I don't think that it's like, in me saying that I'm not discounting X as an artist in that. But yeah, I do think like the culture around that whole Rough Riders movement is what ballooned that shit, you know, made it turn into what it eventually became. Um, because, yeah, like, it was, it that was a movement, like, for real, for real. Like, yeah. that was a fucking movement. So, yeah. I When it when it's, like, movements like that, 
sort of crews having shit or whatever it's kind of like interesting to see like how you judge like albums like that within that context because i feel like wu-tang was the same but they had the virtuosity to go with it the lyrical virtuosity and the production virtuosity Mm -hmm. mixed with the whole cultural wave Mm -hmm. and like then it's like now i'm kind of even more bugged out because it's like now it's like how much does like the marketing campaign and like the image and the persona have to do with like the cultural impact which then translate translates into classic. classic yeah and that's a lot of it. i think that's a lot of it that's always been a lot you know been because again like we i can go back to the thriller shit right like they marketed the fuck out of thriller right um and it could have you know and it probably would have still been a classic album on its own but but yeah the the marketing behind it is definitely like that definitely took it to like a global stage in a way that you know no album really has ever matched since um so yeah that's definitely part of it especially now especially now like i think i think more so now than before for sure because i think that's most of like I think the cultural element or the lifestyle element associated with with certain artists is more important today. So you kind of get, and that's where most of the sh- like the Drake shit comes from. Is like Drake be you know Drake drops bangers and shit, but the the overall sort of hype around Drake is Drake embodies like this rapper as this you know as this all-world celebrity or whatever Mm. and that you know influences how you you know judges work so yeah i think today is like definitely a lot more to do with that then i would say back then with like a rough riders or something like that well because then i think it was a big part of it was like the subversiveness right which is like just in um, finally getting around around to reading uh, Trisha Rose Black, oh, Black Noise, Noise. Yeah. and just like how hip hop is has been co-opted by the mainstream but it also is a voice from the outside of the mainstream mm-hmm. so it's I, one of the, it's simultaneously those things right. when it's when it's really good right but Drake I feel like is he's just in the main he's so. just he's like the multinational corporation of rap <laughs> Like he's, he is. He's, he's the Coke brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, so he doesn't have that edge. Like, there's no movement around Drake. Right, right. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting though. Like thinking about thinking about that now. Like, I wonder how many. Like, if you were to take that sort of marketing element away from uh from a lot of these like albums, like which ones would would still like remain sort of culturally relevant or, or be that that classic yeah, but can something even be culturally re- relevant without the marketing behind it mm. right it's like yeah. kind of it's like yeah. these things are so yeah. wrapped up the sound and the image and the persona are all so wrapped up it's like you can't yeah separate right. them. you can't take one right. from the other yeah right shit damn yeah shit but all right so what what are do we have any takeaways are we just leaving it on more fucking questions um i i mean i think that like 
my takeaway, my biggest takeaway is that this is all subjective. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's like I think that I think that as an informed listener, like I think that there are like elements that you should take into consideration that you may not take into consideration. It's just, you know, shit is just out and so you're listening to it because it's out there. Um I think in that sense like we could have like I think we 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 can have like more stringent uh requirements on what we consider or what we deem a classic um but ultimately like ultimately it, it is a subjective sort of thing and I don't know and then but you you fucking me up too because now it's like how subjective is it if it's like marketed to to you in a certain way and it's just like you thinking that you're that you really fucking with this but <laughs> but you just did inundated so i don't know but my my kind of my main thing is that for all the like fear mongering that there is about um coming from the older heads about oh shit in 10 years from now they might be bumping little pump or whatever it's like so far through this discussion i've kind of realized that so far i think the shit we've gotten the shit right yeah yeah i don't i yeah i i like i said i i made the point about the snap music and shit i don't i think that yeah that's a really good point i think that a lot of cats are you know a lot of these younger kids teenagers and shit are you know fucking with it because it's fun and everything like that but the real shit is gonna always prevail you know and so that's why cats are like oh you know 17 year olds are, are saying like damn is a classic to them or you know whatever right because yeah. it's like that's some real shit ultimately and i think that's that's what artists should be focused on if you're just if you're gonna you know create a body of work you know um just do some real shit and you might stand you know you might have a chance of creating a classic <laughs> <laughs> all right that's a good spot to end <laughs> fuck what is anything how did you manage <laughs> what is anything <laughs>